0: There are so many podcasts in the directories these days. How can you get yours noticed? That's what I'm going to talk about on this episode of Podcastification. My name is Kerry Green, and I am the Client Happiness Guy at PodcastFastTrack.com. And this is Podcastification. And if you like what's going on here on the show, I would appreciate it. Oh, so appreciate it. If you could leave a rating or review on iTunes, you can find out how to do that at podcastfasttrack.com slash review. That's enough of that kind of stuff. Let's get you podcastificated right away. Welcome back to Podcastification. My name is Kerry Green, and I'm the Client Happiness Guy with Podcast Fast Track. We are a full-service podcast production company. All kinds of podcasting goodies we do, you should check us out at PodcastFastTrack.com, but that is not why we are here. We are here to talk about what you can do to get noticed. In case you haven't noticed, all of the directories, whether it be iTunes or Stitcher or or the new Google Podcasts app, all of them are getting inundated with podcasts. I mean, it's kind of like Netflix. You go in there trying to find something to listen to, and it's pretty crazy finding the good stuff. It's kind of hard to know, man, should I try this show or that show, or what is it that I should be doing to find a good show even? And what I'm going to do on this episode is I'm going to kind of walk you through what I've been doing lately, because I've kind of run into a place in my podcast listening habits where I'm looking for new shows to listen to. And I've tried to be observant as I've been doing that. What are the things that exist in different podcast listings, in different directories or apps that have actually been helpful to me? And on the flip side, what are the things that haven't been helpful? In fact, that have been detrimental to me choosing a particular podcast or listening to a particular podcast. So what I'm going to do is explain to you a little bit of how my podcast search process has begun and then what I do as I search and then what I'm considering as I'm listening. And I realize this is all very subjective. It's all based on my experience and my preferences. So keep that in mind. Yours may be entirely different, but I believe that some of what I'm going to describe to you today are things that might qualify as best practices. Because as the podcast Fast Track Client Happiness guy, I get to listen to a whole lot of podcasts. I get to hear some of the best work in the industry that my team is doing to put out for our clients. And I also get to hear some of the before versions of client podcasts that really weren't so good and are the very reason they've hired us to come alongside and help them. So I feel like I have a pretty good perspective on what works and what doesn't work. I've seen the successes and I've seen the abysmal failures. So when I go looking for podcasts, I realize I'm viewing it all through those particular lenses of my experience. And I'm hopeful that they'll be helpful to you. So let's dive right in. First of all, when I begin looking for a podcast to listen to, I'm at a place in my life that I'm looking for something that's relevant to me right now. I mean, I'm not usually looking for shows that are real broadly based, talk about social media, and they talk about life coaching, and they talk about you know the latest history or sporting event. I mean, that's just not what I'm looking for. I believe that podcasters and podcasts that are more specifically focused, very niched in on a particular topic are going to have a better chance of not only winning an audience in the first place but also maintaining that loyal audience following over the long haul because what you're speaking about is predictable. And so when I'm looking for podcasts to listen to, I'm looking for things that are relevant to me. And so there's some best practices and actual uh, what you can do steps I'm gonna cover at the end of the episode, but keep that in mind. It needs to be relevant and that's what I'm looking for. I also, when I look at a podcast, let's just say I'm in the iTunes directory and I'm looking at a podcast, I'm looking for a show that has plenty of content, plenty. I mean, five, seven, 10 episodes or more because I tend to binge listen. I tend to download a lot of episodes of a new podcast at one time because I listen mostly when I drive or I listen mostly when I'm out in the garage cleaning up or building something or or I'm on the treadmill, you know, whatever it is I'm doing where I have brainless kind of time. That's when I'm listening to podcasts and I'll listen to a lot of them. So if I find a podcast in a directory that I'm considering, but it only has one or two episodes, I'm probably going to pass because I want to get a fair representation of what that podcast is all about. And if they don't have much content, I really just don't have much opportunity to do that. Another thing that I'm looking for is I'm looking for a podcast that can demonstrate to me a pattern of consistency. And what I mean by that is that they're publishing regularly. I'm not going to tell you exactly what regularly should mean for you and your audience. That's going to be different for every niche and every subject matter that is spoken about. But consistency means consistent. If you're doing every two weeks, do it every two weeks. If you're doing every four weeks, do it every four weeks. Now, I'm a little more lenient on this than some people because I believe life is more important than your podcasting schedule. So if something comes up where you just feel, man, I just need a break this particular week from publishing my podcast, hey, I'm all for it, man. Go take your break and I'll still be around as part of your audience if you're delivering the goods. You know what I'm saying? And when you come back, I'll be glad that you're refreshed and ready to go with that podcast again. And I practice that myself. You notice some weeks I'm a little bit late on publishing. Some weeks I don't publish at all, but it's not the norm. I'm consistent in the fact that I publish more than I don't publish. And that's what I'm looking for when I'm looking for a new podcast, because if they are hit and miss, like they'll publish once this month and then once three months from now, and then once two weeks after that, I mean, that just for some reason just tells me they're not really serious about their podcast. They're allowing too many things to come up and and push it aside. So I'm looking for that pattern of consistency. I'm also looking for a podcast that appears to be systematic. Now, this goes right along with that very first point I made about the podcast needing to be relevant to me. You see, I'm looking for specific topics, specific things I'm wanting to learn, specific things I'm wanting to grow in as a person, perhaps. And so if the podcast seems kind of hit and miss, you know, they talk about this topic having to do with, let's say, social media, but then they jump to another topic that's Still social media, but it's not really related to the one before. And then the next episode happens to be related to the one that was before. You know, you see it. The sequence seems off to me. I want to listen to podcasts, especially when I'm trying to learn something new that build upon themselves. You know, the episodes help me walk through the subject matter so that I can grasp part A and then part B and then part C rather than part A and then part Q and then part B and then part X and then maybe L and then back to C. You see, I don't find myself attracted to shows like that because I like to think sequentially and I want to be able to follow it. So those are the things that I'm looking for when it comes to the actual podcasts. Now, what I want to do now is walk you through how I go about searching. And I think the way that I search for podcasts is probably pretty indicative of the way most people search, because let's be honest the options for how to search for podcasts are pretty limited. Unless you just want to jump in Google and Google podcasts, I could listen to, you know, you're going to get all kinds of bizarre stuff. And that's not quite focused enough for me. So what I did when I was recently looking for some new episodes to listen to was I used my podcast app. In my case, that's Pocket Casts is what I'm using. But this approach that I'm about to describe would apply to any app or even any directory like iTunes or Google Play or Stitcher or something like that. So what I'm going to do is I'm either going to start with a topic or keyword or a category. For example, if I'm wanting to learn about a business topic, I might go straight to the business category in the Pocket Casts app and just kind of scroll through the top podcasts that are there. Now, notice I said top podcasts. So it's the ones that the app itself or iTunes has noticed are getting more downloads. So these are going to be the more successful shows, but that's not the only way I'm going to search. So those of you who are not in the top podcast spot yet, there's hope. Okay. So just keep listening. So I'm going to start with that business category, and then I'm going to go to my topic or my keywords. I cannot stress enough here how important keywords are, because if I'm searching, let's just stick with the example, social media, and I enter social media, I need to find podcasts that actually are about social media. And the way iTunes works in particular is that it only searches the name of the podcast. So in other words, the name of your show, the name of your particular episodes. So the individual episodes and the name of your author tag, that is all it's going to search. It won't search your description. It won't search the individual descriptions on your episodes. It's only going to search those three things. If you want to know more about this, I did an entire episode on this using one of my podcasts as a case study to demonstrate how important using keywords in your titles are. You can find that at podcastfasttrack.com slash 90. So, I'm doing that keyword research, and that's another way I'm going to find podcasts that maybe aren't in the top list of the top podcasts that get the most downloads, but they still are good content. There's someone who's providing good value to the listeners, okay? And I'm going to find them through that keyword search. Then within the results that are parsed out to me through my Pocket Cast app, the next thing I'm going to look at, and I've watched myself very carefully to see if this is always the case, and indeed it is, it's always the case, is that I'm going to look at the cover art. It's almost just like a human nature sort of thing. Your eye is going to be drawn to something appealing, attractive, shocking, grabbing your attention, visually speaking. Okay. Now I know we're talking about podcasts, which is an audio medium, but that visual component of the cover art, I cannot emphasize enough. If your cover art is bland and doesn't have anything that jumps out and catches my attention, if the text is way too small for me to read, man, I'm not going to be clicking on your show. I just have watched my own habits enough that I know I won't be clicking on that show. And I believe most people are the same way. We are drawn to what looks good, what looks tasty, so to speak, from a visual perspective. And that's what we're going to be intrigued with. So make sure that cover art is catchy. Now, here's another small little piece of something, and this is not something everybody knows about, but it's something that's kind of become a pet peeve to me. If I see a little logo superimposed over the cover art, for example, for the podcast app Anchor, okay, it's a little kind of transparent logo that sits down in the bottom right-hand corner. I'm not going to click on that podcast cover art no matter how good it looks. And the reason is this. Anchor is one of those apps where you can just record right into your smartphone and then it uploads to their service and then it publishes directly to iTunes. Well, that's incredibly convenient, isn't it? But it also has with it some drawbacks such as poor quality audio because it's being recorded on your phone microphone and it's being recorded wherever you're at. So that's in the gym, that's in your car, that's in the cafeteria at school, that's wherever you are. The audio quality is not going to be very good. And I've actually given Anchor a chance and I've listened to a number of podcasts that have been recorded using Anchor and nine out of 10 of them, the quality is just not the kind of quality that I want to tolerate. And so now I'm just in the habit. If I see that little transparent icon for anchor on the cover art, I'm just simply not going to listen. That's just me. Maybe there are others out there. I don't know. But for me, being on a platform that's that easy is not worth the cost of good audio. It's just not. Now, after I find a podcast that say the cover art jumps out at me and it's attractive and I'm intrigued and I want to listen, I'm going to click on that and I'm going to read the description. This is where a good description really matters to me. I want it to be clear. I want it to be a real basic description of what's covered overall in that particular show. It doesn't necessarily need to be flashy or salesy or use the most trendy words. In fact, that kind of stuff is kind of hypey to me and kind of a turnoff. I want it to be genuine and sound authentic. If it tells me who the host is, that matters because I often will Google the host and find out who they are and what kind of experience they've had in the realm that they're speaking on because I don't want to waste my time. I want to listen to things that are actually valuable to me. It also is very attractive to me if somewhere in that description, it tells me approximately how long their episodes are so I don't have to scroll through all the episodes and look myself. To me, that's just helpful. It's thinking in terms of the user. What would be helpful to them? I also like it when the description has some sort of website or contact or social media info in the description. I just like that. I like to feel like this person wants their listeners to reach out to them and engage with them. You've probably heard this on some of my previous episodes, but one of my pet peeves is when you go to a podcaster's website and you cannot find a blinking way to get in touch with that person. I just hate that. It feels to me like they're all take, 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 and no give, give, give. I want to be able to talk to the person if such occasion arises. I don't want to know that the person is sheltered behind some firewall that I can't get past. I know Twitter is popular with a lot of people, but for me, Twitter doesn't count. If that's the only way to contact you, hey, come on, (laughs) find a way to provide a web form or something where your listeners can actually reach out to you and you have the opportunity to show them you're a generous, caring, giving person. Man, I'm getting into advice here already and I didn't mean to do that. But anyway, back to my searching practices, that description really matters. It matters to me. The next thing I'm going to do is I'm going to look at the type of content that they do. Are they doing purely interviews? I mean, is every episode an interview with somebody? If so, that's okay, even though I'm kind of tiring of interviews myself personally. But I'm going to look to see who they're interviewing and what they're interviewing them about. If it's the same old, same old people and the same old, same old interviews about the same old, same old topics that I've heard time and time again – doesn't matter how great the description was. doesn't matter how flashy the cover art was. doesn't matter how many episodes they have. I'm probably going to pass on that show because the last thing I need is the 17th rerun of some new entrepreneur or authors scripted spiel about their story in their book. I, if I've heard it, I've heard it. I don't want to hear it again. So I'm going to skip those things. So I'm going to give some advice about this toward the end of the podcast. So be sure you stick around. now. There's one other thing that I want to talk to you about, and it's this consideration of once I know what they talk about and how they go about talking about it, I'm going to be asking just for myself, do I need to know this kind of information right now? It goes back to that first point I made about how I want what I'm looking for to be relevant to me right now. It goes along with a a concept that Pat Flynn has kind of popularized called just in time learning. Do I need to know this right now? Are the majority of the episodes that I see in the list things that would help me right now? Or are they just things I'm curious about, but know that it's like three months down the road before I need that? I want to make sure that any podcast I'm going to invest my time in is worth my time because time is my most valuable commodity. All right, so let's say that I have found a podcast. I like the cover art. I click and I read the description and it's kind of drawing me in. I look at the topics and the style of episodes that they do, and those have passed muster. And it seems like, yeah, I want to subscribe to this show for a bit and start listening. Well, I want to tell you some of the things when it comes to listening to a podcast that will turn me on or turn me off right away. First of all, poor audio quality is going to sink that podcast almost immediately Especially if I put it on fast play, like at one and a half speed, and I can't tell what the person is saying because they slur their words or they don't have good diction or whatever. Now, I know I'm sounding like an audio snob here, but hear me out. Okay. More and more people are listening at fast speed. More and more people are listening in noisy environments like cars and subways and buses on the treadmill. Your audio needs to be comprehensible. You know what I'm saying? It needs to be something that your listeners can actually understand. So if I subscribe to your podcast, it passes all my other tests, but the audio quality stinks, I'm gone. I'm just not going to invest the time. I have recently subscribed to some podcasts of some big name people who I had heard about, but had never actually listened to their podcast. And within one or two episodes, I was done because the audio quality was so bad. I think it's that important. And as the directories, get more and more crowded with more and more podcasts, this is going to become a bigger differentiator than ever before. Here's another little pet peeve of mine when it comes to listening to a podcast episode. If there are lots of advertisements right up front after the greeting, I mean, if it takes me five minutes and literally there's a few very popular shows out there that it's more than five minutes before you even get into the content, I am gone. I am gone unless I've listened to the show before and I know it's good content. Then you know what I'll do? I will go into my handy dandy little pocket casts app on that particular podcast and I will set it to start five minutes or six minutes into the recording. And you know what I'm doing? I'm skipping all the ads. (laughs) You can do that on most podcast players and I'm doing it because I'm not there for the advertisements. I'm not there to be sold something. I'm there to learn I'm there to get something out of the content that the podcaster is bringing to me. Now, you hear ads on my show, right? But I put them at the mid-roll. I put them in the middle of the show because I want to give you some value first. And I think that's the caring way, the smart way to take care of your audience. Because if you're delivering value, like hopefully you have felt that way so far in this podcast episode, you don't mind a one-minute or one-and-a-half-minute little spot telling about something that I think is cool, that I would suggest you buy. You don't care about that at that point because you've already gotten some value and you know you're going to get more when this little spot is over. Plus, you've got the little 30 second skip thing there on your podcast app as well. You can get past those pretty quickly if they really bug you. But anyway, back to the point lots of ads up front. I'm done with the show. Another thing when I start listening, if it's unfocused, Meaning like too casual. They just talk about all kinds of random things. You know, it's two buddies saying, how was your weekend? I don't know. How was your, I know. how was your, the dog pooped on the carpet? You know, that kind of stuff. I am gone. I don't have time to sit and listen to you talk about your dog pooping on the carpet or your four-year-old barfing in the car. I am not there for that. So please, you know, oh, man, I just better be done with that. Let's move on. If it's rambling, meaning... If there's bad interviewing skills, if the person doesn't know how to ask a question or worse yet, if it's obvious after a great answer that the interviewer did not listen to the answer and is just going right on with a scripted question, oblivious to what was just said, I'm done. I mean, there's a lot of value there being missed because following up on great answers to good questions is one of the best ways to get even better content out of a guest And if the interviewer doesn't know how to do that, I'm sorry. I'm just not going to give them the time to learn at my expense. You know, it's my time that's being invested here. Another thing when it comes to the actual listening to an episode of a brand new podcast, if I have to work hard to understand what the host is even saying, I mean, either their thoughts are not cogent or their words are slurred or they have bad diction or for whatever reason, they're just not stringing two sentences together in a way that makes sense. I'm not going to be there very long because it's just too much work. I'm doing this in downtime, so to speak, while I'm driving, while I'm on my treadmill, while I'm working in the garage. I don't want to have to engage my brain super duper hard in order just to understand what you're saying. So that's another piece of the listening puzzle. And then finally, on this listening point, if it's not very professional, I may not stick around very long. And what do I mean by professional? Well, it's really all those things I've already mentioned in this listening section combined. I want you to present yourself well. I want you to sound like someone I can trust. I don't want you to sound like Joe from the corner bar down there who's had a little bit too much to drink and is sharing his opinion about President Trump and all the goings on in North Korea. And it's not that those are bad topics. It's that it's the delivery. It's the style. I don't want to have to wade through all that just to see if there's something I can benefit from. I'm not going to do it. So that is my journey recently of what I was looking for, how I went about searching and the things that I heard when I was listening that eliminated shows from my consideration. Now we're going to take a quick little break. And when we come back, I'm going to talk about some lessons learned from this entire exercise. These are things I observed as I was searching for some new shows to listen to. Don't go away. I'll be right back. So many of us who are podcasting are kind of flying by the seat of our pants. You know, we're figuring out as we go. And I am a full fledged fan of figuring it out. F-I-O. I I say that quite often. It's kind of the DIY do-it-yourself thing that we Americans are really good at, and I love it. But you know, there comes a point for all of us where we just actually need more skill than we actually can learn on our own, either because we don't have the time to hunt down the resources and know what it is we should study. You know, we don't know what we don't know, or we just really could benefit from someone who's been down the road ahead of us and is able to teach in a very comprehensible way the very things that we need. And one of the things that often becomes that kind of a sticking point for us as podcasters is the whole podcast editing and audio engineering part of it. Now, back on episode 101 of this show, podcastfasttrack.com slash 101, I had a great conversation with a guy named Chris Curran. Chris is a podcast engineer. He's not just a podcast engineer. He's an audio engineer extraordinaire. He's had great experience in New York City working on some major albums. He knows his stuff. And Chris has created the podcast engineering school. That is a great way for people who are interested in honing their craft when it comes to audio editing to the nth degree to truly become an audio professional. Chris is the one to teach you that kind of stuff. Now you heard him talk about podcast engineering school, some back on episode one zero one, but let me tell you the kind of things you'll learn. You'll learn audio fundamentals. You'll learn hardware. You'll learn how to configure your studio. You'll learn everything having to do with recording, like signal flow, gain staging, recording levels, how to use, do multiple guests and overdub and that kind of stuff. You'll learn about how to connect guests to your recording in the best way. You'll do some listening exercises, learn how to mix, learn how to edit, learn how to master, learn how to publish, learn the business aspect of doing editing, perhaps as a career. I mean, this is a really valuable course that Chris has put together. If that sounds like something you are interested in, Chris is starting new sessions of the Podcast Engineering School all the time. You can go directly to the page that tells you all the details of how to get into the Podcast Engineering School at PodcastFastTrack.com slash P-E-S for Podcast Engineering School. And let me tell you, that is an affiliate link, which means Chris sends me a little thank you gift for you signing up through my link. You pay the same price you would always pay. Doesn't matter if you went directly to his page. I just get a little thank you from Chris for sending you there. So it's the Podcast Engineering School. If you're looking to up your audio game, go check out Chris's course. You will not be sorry. Okay, we're going to wrap up this episode with some lessons learned, some observations that I made about my own habits as a listener searching for new podcasts to listen to and about the practices that were being done or not done on the other side of the equation, on the podcaster's side. The first thing I feel like I need to say is this, gone are the days when you could hit record, say whatever you wanted to say and just publish it with very little afterthought. Those days are gone. Now, it's not that you can't do it. Of course you can do it. Apps like Anchor are showing that you can do it, but they're gone in the sense that that is not considered listenable content anymore. Most people don't want to spend their time listening to gibberish off the top of your head. They want to come and make the most of their time by getting value out of the things they're investing that time in. Those days are gone. You can't just publish whatever you want and expect to build a large audience. I mean, your grandmother might listen because, you know, she's your grandmother. You know, maybe your friend from your childhood would listen because, you know, you both are still the same kind of transformer geeks you used to be, whatever, but you're not going to build a big audience doing it that way. And the podcasts that I came across that were taking that approach were quickly off my radar. So that's just one thing I want you to consider. Also, strategy or a clear purpose behind your podcast really, really matters. When you seem disorganized or chaotic in the way that you publish, you haven't really given it much thought. You're just, uh, whatever comes to your mind is what you're talking about. Um, Even if you do know something about your subject matter, if it's not organized or structured in a way that makes sense to me as a listener, I'm just not gonna hang around very long. So strategy is important. I'm going to kind of go off on a little soapbox here, but too many podcasters seem to think you can publish your podcast and people will come kind of like the field of dreams philosophy. That is not true. People will not come just because you publish a podcast. People will come because you give them something of value so much so that those who find it are willing to tell others. That's how you build an audience. And so I would encourage you take the time to be strategic and you can do this even if you've already been publishing your podcast for some time, you can sit down and strategically figure out better ways to put your content together, to organize it episode after episode, to be shooting for certain goals and targets. And if you're unclear about how to do that, that's one of the consulting services we offer at Podcast Fast Track. Just go to podcastfasttrack.com, look in the services tab, and you'll find our podcast consulting option there. We could help you with that. Next, another observation is that podcasters need to make it easy for potential listeners to grasp what it is you're doing in your podcast. That's back to those issues of the description and the title of your podcast. I mean, some people do cutesy names for their podcasts, like, you know, the shaded pineapple or something like that. And I guess that's okay. You can choose whatever you want, but isn't it more sensible To make the name of your podcast something that makes it very clear what it's about so that you have less hurdles and less obstacles in the way to a potential listener saying, oh, yeah, this guy talks exactly about what I want. Because what I do of clicking on the cover art and reading the description is not what everyone else does. Some people, if they read the title of your show and can't make out what it's about, they're done right there. They're not going to click and read your description. So make it easy for potential listeners to grasp what you're doing. By having a clear title, clear cover art, and a clear description for those who go that far. Make it easy for your listeners. You also want to optimize your podcast name and titles of your episodes for the iTunes search algorithms. Remember, iTunes is only going to search your title, your episode titles, and your author field or tag when people search for a particular thing. And if they don't find the keywords those people are searching for in your podcast title, in your episode titles, or in your author tag, they will not show that searcher your podcast as an option. They simply won't. That's just how it works. So you need to take that into account. There's a little hack, so to speak, you can do. Say your podcast is called The Shaded Pineapple. Well, if you're already branded that way and you don't want to really change you can put a colon right after that in your feed location, wherever your feed is coming from. It's usually your media host. You could put a little colon right after that, and you don't want to keyword stuff, but you do want to give some kind of relevant description of what the Shaded Pineapple is all about. So you would say the Shaded Pineapple colon Hawaii visitor and tourist information and happenings. Okay. So you got Hawaii, you got tourism, you got visitor information, you know, you've got all these keywords in there that people may be searching for. And you've got to do the homework to figure out what are those keywords that your particular audience is going to be searching for, and then put those in your title in a way that makes sense. Don't just stuff a bunch of keywords. It needs to be optimized for people to read and get something out of it as much as it does for the iTunes search algorithm. Okay, let's move on. You need to also be able as a podcaster to demonstrate some kind of commitment To your podcast, in order to win me over as a listener, I want to see that consistency I mentioned. I want to see quality in what you're producing. I want to see that you care about the subject that you're talking about enough to put some effort into publishing and to presenting something. I'm not just going to listen to a podcast that's just adding to the noise. I'm just not. And I think most listeners are becoming more and more discriminating. I mean, think of it this way when you go on to Netflix, And you see movies there that you've never heard of and their cover art looks a little chintzy and the actors and actresses are people you've never heard of. And it's got two stars and you read the description and it doesn't even make sense. You're not going to spend your time watching that movie in most cases. Well, it's the same way in podcasting. The busier the podcasting space becomes with more and more podcasts. The more important it is that you're demonstrating a commitment to consistency, to quality, to value in the topics and the resources that you're providing. That you're not just throwing stuff out there trying to take advantage of gullible people who will listen to anything. You want to target this thing to be most effective for yourself and most beneficial to your listeners. Another observation from my little exploration into the podcasting world from a listening perspective Maybe this is just a pet peeve of mine, but I'm going to say it again. Make it easy for your audience to contact you. Ensure that the web links in the directories, like on iTunes on the left-hand side, it'll have a little link to the podcast website. Make sure that works. Make sure they're set properly to go to the right page where people can actually contact you. Even include your website address and your email address in the description. They may not be clickable, but at least someone can read them. Or copy and paste them and reach out to you if they have the inclination. You know, make it easy for your listeners to contact you. That's how you build the relationships that result in loyalty from your listeners over time. I'm gonna say another thing that I've already said, but don't skimp on audio quality. Don't, just don't do it. Get a good microphone, put up some sound dampening in your room. I'm gonna be doing an episode about how to make bad rooms sound good again here in a little while. But you can do it. You can make your audio sound good. It really doesn't take that much effort. But you've got to put in the effort. You've got to learn how to use your equipment well so that you're demonstrating you care about your listeners. You care about their little earbuds. You don't want to blow their ears out with bad quality audio. Also, part of the professionalism is you might consider getting some unique music. If you didn't listen to my episode with Gordon Firemark, who is an entertainment law attorney, That was episode 89, which you can find at podcastfasttrack.com slash 89. Gordon told us what it takes to have music that you can legally use on your podcast. So don't go and grab your latest piece of music that you love and is popular and throw it on the beginning of your show. You're breaking the law when you do that and you can be sued and your podcast shut down and thrown in jail even and fined. I mean, this is serious stuff. You want to have some unique music, something that actually becomes associated with your show, like the music at the beginning of my show. I paid a guy to compose that for me. And it is something you will never hear anywhere else. I love that. I love that when you hear that music, if you've been listening to the show for any amount of time, you think podcastification, because that's my music. You can do the same thing. We have composers that are standing by, if you're interested in that kind of thing, who can create the genre, the style, the exact feel for the music that you want. You can find out more about that at podcastfasttrack.com slash music. And then finally, the last lesson learned or observation I'm going to share with you on this episode is that audio editing matters. The stumbles, the gaffes, the background noise, the things that you say that you wish you hadn't said, all the filler words, they're becoming more and more important because shows that don't have those in them are being seen as more professional and being seen as more enjoyable and more valuable that the person behind it actually knows what they're doing and sounds like it. I hope you find helpful the way that I have gone about looking for new podcasts and the things I've noticed about my habits and about the things I'm seeing in podcasts that are not being done in what I would consider to be best practice ways. And I want to emphasize again, the more and more podcasts that show up in the directories, which is something to the tune of, thousands a day the more competition we have for listeners those new podcasts don't have to be podcasting about the same topics you are they just have to be an option for your ideal listeners to select instead of yours and if their audio quality is better if their show is funnier if their content is more valuable you may very well have lost that listener if you are not upping your game and building a podcast that is worth listening to. Hey, you know what time it is. It's time for you to go out and make it a podcastificating day. This show is brought to you by Podcast Fast Track, where my team provides professional podcasting services without the time suck, full production, editing, and show notes, all in one monthly subscription package. You can find out more at PodcastFastTrack.com. Now go out and make it a podcastificating day. Audio editing and show notes by PodcastFastTrack.com. Get 15% off your first month by mentioning this show.